have the pleasure to be joined right now by the former manager of the New York Mets. Uh, it is Bobby Valentine. And uh, Bobby, great pleasure to have you on. How are you tonight? Peter, I'm always good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, we're just kind of talking. I'm watching Sam Darnold play his uh, NFL debut as we're chatting yeah. here. What, what are you? USC, go Trojans. Yeah, yes. let's do it. It happened. <laughs> what do you yeah. remember? You know, maybe uh, your first game at the big league level or, you know, having a, a top prospect come up. I mean, Darnold threw a, a pick, his first NFL attempt. Uh, you know, what are, what are the nerves like when you're starting out? Oh, the nerves are there. You know, they're there when you're starting and they're there when you're entering. When you're ending, when the nerves, uh, you know, are no longer there, that's time to get out. You know, it's a um, it's a real fine line between being um, excited and being nervous, you know, being scared and being excited. And uh, yeah, you always want to be excited. You want to capture that emotion and play with it as often as you can. I wish I could remember my first game. I don't. I know I struck out my first at bat, so it must have been some pretty good uh, adrenaline flowing then. Really, you don't but, remember uh, it? Uh, I don't remember it. No. Matter of fact, you know, for years it was funny, Pete. I would tell people I got my first hit against uh, Don Gullett. I must have probably said it for about thirty years, and finally someone saw that I said that. It was in an article, and he said, no, 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 your second hit was against Don Gullett. Wow, it, it's <laughs> funny the tricks. against Milt Wilcox, and I said, wow, I don't remember that. Yeah, it's funny the tricks you, your memory can play, um, but, uh, you know, I, I've been surprised. You know, you can ask players about their first hit, and a lot of times they'll give you the date, they'll give you the name. Maybe they're all lying to me, and they, uh, <laughs> they, no, don't, they just seem confident about it. You know, if they went back and read about it or if they, um, you know, saw videos of it, which today, you know, you see video of everything. I never saw myself play at all uh, on video. So, um, you know, it's easy to remember when you recap it. And when when you're just using the experience, sometimes the emotion is so overwhelming that it, um, it doesn't get placed properly in the filing cabinet yeah and we're talking again with bobby valentine right now and you were in la um you know recently saw the mets out there were you there the night that jacob de grom threw absolutely up close and personal uh sitting in the fourth row with tommy lasorda who said this guy can really pitch <laughs> and then that's high praise right there what what jumps out to you as far as you know, what Jacob deGrom has developed into and becoming one of the top pitchers in all of Major League Baseball right now? Because you've seen it from the beginning with him. Well, yeah, I saw his first game. As a matter of fact, I did it for SNY. I came on after the game he pitched against the Yankees. And, uh, you know, we didn't even know how to spell his name. Uh, <laughs> and, and we were calling him Jake, and then we got corrected to say it's Jacob, not Jake. And, uh, but my comment after the first game is where's this kid been? Put him in the rotation. Don't ever let him leave. Uh, and you know, scouting report when he came up was he was going to be like a middleman or a mm-hmm. long reliever, a spot starter or something like that. So when you say that he's developed, I think he's, he's developed in other people's minds a lot more than he's developed in his own. He looks spectacular from the first day I ever saw him with the bat, with the glove, with his poise, his control, and, and with his competitiveness. That's, I think that's what jumped out on the first game. You know, I mean, I think he bunted for a base hit. He got a single. He caught a comeback double play. 
double play ball and you know he's whiffing some guys along the way and it looked like he was really enjoying the competition and because he's so good uh the competition is something that uh usually works out in his favor and you're a guy you're a multi-sport athlete uh coming up and DeGrom I don't think he played multiple sports but he was a shortstop and he was a shortstop at Stetson that's where he wanted to be do you think that there's a little competitive edge where if you're not you know, playing one position essentially your whole life and uh, you have to you have other areas that you are developing along the way? Well, possibly. Uh, I don't know. The, the idea of um, enjoying competition, you know, of, uh, of understanding that, um, you know, the, the fear of failure is only that you haven't practiced enough, and as soon as you practice enough, you're not going to have that fear anymore, and you don't you don't go out there to please others. You go go out there to please yourself because it's uh, you know it's fun in the sun. It's an enjoyable time. Uh, but I think he's got all that knocked. I think he's got it knocked in his head. I think he uh, you know his arm really works, and um, you know his legs legs are there. His body type is perfect. Um, what more can you say? He's um, he's the full bag of goods. The the only thing is this is very high bar that he's setting and you know, that people might expect this kind of year, year after year, and it's just not going to happen. But um, you could probably get a lot more W's, that's for sure. <laughs> he probably could, uh, you know, pitch, you know, competitively and, and pitch very well for a very long time. And that's remarkable to me is how this season has not worn on Jacob deGrom because it easily could. Uh, there was a time in May where the bullpen was blowing wins for him, all season long, he hasn't had a whole lot of run support. Sometimes the defense isn't as good as it needs to be behind him and cost him in a given game. We know he's a competitor, but to be able to withstand the kind of season that he has had where he wants to win these starts, and yet the Mets have a losing record when he's out there on the mound. Um, you know how, how difficult is it for guys to be able to push that to the side the way that DeGrom has, where it sounds easy, but I know it can't be. Well, no, I don't think it can be. I think it's there. He's cognizant of those things. But, again, the the win is the one-on-one competition. That's what he enjoys. That's what he goes out there for. The greatest uh, competition, I think, in all sports is that one-on-one competition between the pitcher and the hitter. And when you enjoy it as much as it seems like he does, you you walk away with the wins, the, the the wins in the battles, and he probably takes home the scars when someone nicks him up a little, and he probably can't wait to get back to the next the competition against that guy. Uh, I mean that I I think that's what it's all about. Um, you know, when I was a player, I wanted to win. I loved to look at the scoreboard when we won championships in the minor leagues and won a lot of games uh, during the season. It was always fun, but. What was really enjoyable was that competition against that hit, that pitcher, who might have gotten you out the time before, might have yelled at at you out of the dugout, might have been a draft choice ahead of you, whatever it might have been. You make those competitions personal, and and it's really, really enjoyable. That works. Yeah, that chip on your shoulder as uh, we chat with Bobby Valentine, and of course, uh, uh, Bobby Valentine, your your finest hour and and weeks really as Mets manager came 
uh, in that time after the the 9-11 terrorist attacks and tomorrow, uh, I mean, it's hard to believe, but 17 years uh, since that day. Um, I know you, you've been asked about this plenty over the years, but as you mm. you think back on it, what what sticks with you from, um, you know, the weeks after and uh, the work uh, that, that you did uh, with the, along with the Mets in that time? Well, there was a lot of work. There's no doubt about that. What sticks out in my mind is the the, the wounds, the gaping holes that were left in, in families and communities uh, and the country, really. And, and um, uh, I, I actually tried to do as much as I could and, and came away feeling like I didn't do enough. I I, I felt that uh, there was... There are people that uh, I touched a little and I should have or wanted to touch more, I guess, and then uh, uh, maybe go on a road trip or, or be at someone else's house, whatever. But um, the, the idea of, of people helping people, the idea of people sharing a, a bad thing and uh, a horrific thing and turning it into kind of a sure good thing, I, I think... Um, you know, that's what I come away with, and um, I, I, I wish we had more of the good thing now. I wish we had a better feeling uh, right now, but I, I know during those weeks and months and even years that passed, um, you know, it was a good feeling in, in my heart that the right thing was being done by so many so many people. Yeah, certainly, and uh, I know, you know, you, you met a lot of first responders um, and, you know, just provided you know, some kind of... Uh, escape as they were doing um you know the that courageous uh, and terrible work uh, there at the um you know at ground zero yeah. and and for you have you have you spoken to you know some some people some of the first responders that maybe you met uh, in the years since and and had them you know say much about um you know what it what it meant to you know see you or uh you know John Franco and some of the Mets that were able to come out there Oh, I've met many and uh, been still with many families that, uh, you know, had those wounds and, and were still trying to heal. But, um, you know, it was Bobby V and the Mets and the Yankees and the Jets and, uh, you know, the the other teams. We were, we were symbolic. We were, sure. we were a gesture of uh, normality. We were an escape for... Uh, so many people who needed an escape, and and uh, I don't ever come in contact with people who, you know, actually think that I made a difference, but they thought that my doing, my the the people that I I was with, the sport that I played, the the games that we participated in, all were part of their healing process, and and they remember that for sure. Yeah, it was uh, you know uh, uh, certainly significant. Mike Piazza, the home run that uh, that everybody remembers. Uh, Ten days later, and um, you know again, uh, I, I really think it was your finest hour as, as Mets manager. And um, you know, Bobby Valentine, always a, a great pleasure to talk with you here in the Sports Zone. And uh, we thank you for the time tonight. Yeah, my pleasure, uh, uh, Peter. And and you know, at the uh, 9-11 museum, there is now a um, Comeback, the Comeback Year exhibit, which uh, is an exhibit about all of the sports teams that uh, were involved uh, in our community, uh, trying to lend a helping hand, uh, 
things that happen on the ice or on the field or off the field uh, that uh, affected so many. And uh, I, I highly recommend it. As a matter of fact, ESPN tomorrow night will have a special on on that uh, comeback year and the exhibit. So uh, I recommend people watch ESPN and, and check out the exhibit if they have a chance. It's, it's, um, it's really cool. That's great. Uh, I'll have to do that. Thank you so much, Bobby. Okay, man. Thanks, Derek. Take All right. Uh, Bobby Valentine, former Mets manager. And, uh, yeah, I haven't been to the, the, the 9-11 museum. Uh, it's certainly on the list of, of things I have to do. There's so many things in, in New York that, uh, you know, museums or sites that you take for advantage you're going to go to. Even Ground Zero, I only visited once. And even though I was in high school when, uh, 9-11 happened and, you know, I was fortunate not to know anybody, but even, and being as as separated as it was as you know it's still a, a teenager at the time uh it was it's emotional to even uh, go over there and and see the footprints um but uh yeah that, that's something and and what Bobby Valentine and uh the sports players and, and again they're not the, the heroes in any strategy not trying to portray that of course the, the first responders work but uh for them to volunteer their time and provide you know some kind of normalcy uh for uh, the people that were, were doing that terrible work, um, you know, there at Ground Zero, it's, it's tremendous stuff. And, and there's so many aspects of 9-11, of course, um, you know, remember tomorrow and in the, the days ahead. And, um, you know, it's a very small part of it when we talk about the sports here. And, um, you know, that was uh, the, the role that, that sports was able to play in, in some degree in that uh, healing process.